This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, The Hartford, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us again today. We're going to be talking today to the leadership of the National Structured Settlement Trade Association about some of the leading uh, items on their agenda for 2012. And joining me for that discussion is the current president of NASTA, Randy Dyer. Randy uh, served as the executive director for NASTA back in between 1987 and 2008. And I'm proud to say he's also a Ringler colleague of ours because uh, he joined Ringler in 2010. And uh, Randy, that's quite a nice combination, Ringler and NASTA. <laughs> it is indeed. And also joining me today is... Another one of my Ringler colleagues, John Macker. John is the Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer for Ringler, having joined the firm in 1988 as a National Marketing Director. And uh, more importantly for today's discussion, John is the President-Elect of NASTA coming into office uh, next spring. So, John, welcome to Ringler Radio. And, Thank you, Larry. Uh, and thanks for joining us for this, uh, for this discussion, both of you. Well, let's take a look at your path to the presidency uh, and how you first got involved with NASTA, both of you. Uh, Randy, how did you really get yourself involved in, in the executive directorship and, and where that all came from? Well, I was, uh, I was in the business of managing, uh, providing management services to, uh, to trade associations back in the uh, 1980s. And uh, John uh, and was actually a mem- board member back then, and he, uh, he came to me with some other board members and said... Uh, you know, why don't you tell us what it would take to to do management? And we did some proposals, and there was some competition with other management companies, and uh, we ended up uh, we ended up working with NASTA, and uh, a relationship that lasted more than twenty years. It was wonderful. And then I uh, stepped back in uh, two thousand eight, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Ringler uh, got in touch with me and said we have some work for you to do. So I started working with them, and ended up getting involved in the association, and now i am come back from the volunteer side. So I'm, I'm seeing it from both sides. Well, that's terrific. And, John, uh, you've always been active in NASTA over the years and, uh, and president-elect now coming up uh, next spring. How does that sound? Well, I was – it sounds pretty uh, interesting, Larry. I was president back in uh, 1989 mm-hmm. when I was 40 years old, so I decided to take a second bite at the apple. Well, that's now we've got a lot of interesting things going on, and I wanted to be part of it. Yeah, that that's it's it's interesting how uh, the people uh, there was an old expression: when you want to get something done, give it to the busiest person you know. And uh, it, it's interesting that you've come back for a second uh, second time. That's terrific. So let's uh, let's talk to you both in your roles as president and president elect, and and let's take a look at some of the uh, you know the bigger issues that are facing the structured settlement industry and that are on NASA's agenda. So let's. Uh, begin by taking a look at some of them. Why don't you tell us about what some of those issues are uh, in this tough economic times that we live in? How is the structured settlement industry faring? 
Well, I, I think the industry is doing very well, uh, and uh, tough times, uh, I think, sort of underscore the value of structured settlements. When Congress uh, set up uh, structured settlements all those many years ago, they uh, they wanted to provide a, uh, a significant tax benefit to people who uh, took advantage of structured settlements, and they, and in exchange for that, they wanted people to have the most conservative investment possible, and they chose annuities and government-backed obligations. So in the uh, uh, Great Recession of uh, 2008, 2000. Uh, 1987, we've seen the you know the ups and downs of <clears throat> of other kinds of investing. Uh, those with structured settlements have gotten their payments uh, uh, 100% on time uh, through it all. So I think that that's what Congress had in mind when they uh, when they offered the tax treatment, and, and I think that's uh, that's been good for us. So the, you know, in these uncertain times, structured settlements are a very certain product. Uh, Larry, uh, I think one of the things that does affect structured settlements is the misperception that it's a misconception that is a it's an investment and b it's um you know it it's an interest driven environment um structured settlements were set up by congress to provide such things as lost wages future medicals uh, uh replacement of retirement plans college education things like that not to be invested in the stock market or whatever uh, and because of low interest rates, people think, well, I can do better somewhere else. A, the reality is they can't, and structures today are as popular as they were um, well, back when we got started in the 80s. And if you remember back in the 80s, we were dealing with double-digit uh, interest rates. That's right. And we were successful today at structured cases as we were back when 12 and 13% interest rates. Well, you know what's interesting, uh, both of you, uh, back in the 80s when interest rates were at 10 and 9 and 8 and all those percentages that sound wonderful today, uh, I, I remember running into people who said, oh, I don't want to lock in at these rates. Uh, you know, I, I, can, I can do better later. And, uh, you know, how, how, how silly that sounds today. And, uh, and frankly, uh, a lot of lawyers who, uh, who structured their fees have told me along the way that regardless of the rate of interest or what's happening, uh, their 401ks have gone down and have fluctuated and have caused them sleepless nights, whereas the, you know, those payments on the structured fees are coming in uh, regardless of what the rate of return was. So you're absolutely right. Well, let's talk about uh, another important issue in, in the industry. We all know that the client, obviously, is paramount in our industry, but we have an interesting, interesting uh, thing going on in our industry. We have brokers who represent both the defense and the plaintiff side of, of most settlement transactions today. In earlier times... Uh, you know, there was more friction between these two factions as they kind of fought for uh, supremacy. How have you seen the professionalism of the industry evolve over the years, especially when it comes down to the, the brokerage uh, community? Well, Larry, there's always room for improvement, but I, I think this is an area where uh, the the NSSTA can take some uh, uh, just pride in, in what they've accomplished. The the friction that uh, that you referenced that, uh, that uh, occurred uh, between uh, brokers, uh, different brokers on the same case, uh, I think has, uh, has, uh, largely abated. Uh, I think the, uh, the, the brokers are, are the most professional, uh, they've ever been in, in the business. Uh, there is, uh, absolute focus on the clients and, uh, and what we find is, uh, you know, whether you, you market yourself as a plaintiff or a defense broker, very often, uh, it, it really comes down to, did you do a good job for your clients? Because 
We've seen uh, defense brokers get a call from a plaintiff lawyer who said, gee, you did a nice job on on the case we worked on together. Can you help me with this one? And then suddenly you're, you know, you're working as a plaintiff broker. So I think as long as brokers uh, keep the focus on the client, doing the best job they can for their client, uh, uh, we won't have any problems in that area. Uh, Larry, as you know, we probably, as a firm, structure over 10,000 uh, cases a year. And I think uh, now you could count on one hand the number of cases where there's a uh, friction between a plaintiff and a defense broker. It's, it's kind of uh, more urban legend than anything else. Yeah, and, and I would say uh, when it happens, it's usually because of uh, the thing that's caused problems throughout history, I think, and that's just the greed of an individual trying to do, do more than uh, they necessarily uh, maybe are entitled to. Well, let's talk about uh, another uh, very important issue in the industry. We, you know, we've all seen, uh, and all of our listeners have seen the commercials, uh, usually in the wee hours, uh, screaming literally out of people out of windows uh, for structured settlement recipients to sell their annuities, to factor their annuities. What's uh, what's the structured settlement association's uh, feeling at this point regarding the you know controversial arena of factoring? Well, uh, you know, we have seen the ads, and and I think that uh, we've uh, we've largely ignored them. They're, they haven't been a large part of uh, of uh, of uh, not not very many people uh, uh, go to factoring companies and sell their payments. We saw some int- interesting information on that earlier this year, mm-hmm. uh, but we're concerned. We are, I think, as I said, client. Oriented, we're concerned that annuitants. Uh, there are reports that annuitants can be taken advantage of by some mm-hmm. uh, uh, in, in some factoring transactions. Uh, we're asked about this all the time by legislators and regulators. So we've uh, we've kind of put it back on the agenda this year. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna deal with it one way or another, and we're gonna we're gonna try to figure out what's what's the best thing for our industry, what's the best thing for for the uh, clients that we serve. Uh, and and hopefully we'll uh, we'll we'll figure that out and uh, and uh, uh, take some action this year. But you can you can rest assured you will not see us on late night TV competing with Ginsu knives. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and I know another hot agenda item has to be uh, in the structured settlement arena has to be Medicare set asides and and the whole involvement of periodic payments in that. Uh, that's become a very hot issue and. As we know, structuring uh, these MSAs, as they call them, have provided great opportunities for growth and structured settlements, uh, but they're also providing uh, some great certainty for, for Medicare as well. So tell us uh, where this all sits on the agenda. Well, um, I, I think you've, you've, you've hit it on the head. I think uh, with the, the requirement that, uh, that the government's interests be taken into account in, uh, in settlements of workers' comp uh, claims, uh, I mean, they're just anyone in the workers' comp world knows there just isn't a better way to do it than by uh, by adding a structured by doing it with a structured settlement. Um, what we're we're hoping is that as as uh, CMS uh, uh, evolves their their rules and regulations in dealing with these things, they come to recognize that structured settlement should be the preferred method for uh, for settling a workers' comp claim. Mm-hmm. I think the key word that Randy hit upon is preferred. We do not. NASA has never been in the position of wanting to mandate structured settlements. It's got to be a free choice on both sides. But we are working on a awareness program not only with CMS but for um, insurance carriers, self-insureds, 
and plaintiff attorneys that this may be the best way to protect everybody's interests and the plaintiffs, of course, uh, to take uh, to comply with the government regulations. Well, you know, with with all the budget deficits and everything that we're hearing about just nationally with the, the state of our economy, uh, it stands to reason that anything that can be done to help that uh, and at the same time help the structured settlement industry in the, in the process can't be a bad thing. It's got to be a good thing. This, this, is, this is truly a win-win for right. all parties. No question. Well, let's let's look at the marketplace generally out there. Uh, you've been around, as you said, John. This is your second run, pretty soon at the at the presidency. And Randy, you've been at this uh, for quite a while too. How have you seen the structured settlement marketplace change over the years, and uh, and how has NASTA changed along with it? Well, John's on the front line of this one, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this one to him. Well, as as you know, Larry, you and I have been in this business. I don't even want to mention on air how long I've been in it, and I think you've been in it before, long before I was. I think you so. had hair back then, didn't you, John? I, I, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there, were no, there were no cell phones. We all, we all had dimes and pieces of paper. There were no computers. No. Um, life was much different back in the 80s. So. Yeah, that's right. My um, first cell phone was as big as a shoebox. Exactly. <laughs> mine, mine looked like an army walkie-talkie. All right, now. <laughs> I think one of the things today is um, we need to focus on a, um, you know, being more being smart about reaching our clients, regardless of what side of the fence they're on, that means the use of social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us old folks don't really uh, grasp all the nuances of it, but I think that's going to be critical. Um, we live in a 24/7 world now. Um, I can remember that um, back in the day when we had our first fax machine. How much that upset the rhythm of the office, and now fax machines are almost uh, a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, one of the things NASA is going to be working on going forward is to um, bring our association into the 21st century with regards to new marketing techniques and help the younger people uh, um, develop their businesses more. No, no question about that. And uh, as we know, structured settlements have long been used in the settlement of physical injury cases, yet there are other applications of the product uh, that have yet to be fully realized, in my opinion. So give us uh, an update on where that's headed. Yeah, this I think is uh, is 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 really exciting. Uh, uh, we're now seeing uh, the structured settlement concept applied to uh, uh, non-qualified uh, applications. That is to say, non-physical injuries, but uh, but the same concept can be used. We're also seeing uh, uh, a more openness in mass torts to. Uh, to the use of structured settlements, mm-hmm. uh, and I, John, I think you agree that this is uh, this is real. Uh, this is where the rubber meets the road for the business. absolutely, absolutely. It's um, uh, you know we always were a very niche industry that um, uh, not too many people are aware of. Um, I think maybe one of the unintended consequences of the factory advertisement, uh, at least people have now heard of structured settlements, and when they right. scratch below the surface, they find out what the value really is, and it's not just. Uh, you know, you uh, it's your money. Uh, you you need to get it. Right. Well, that's an interesting perspective, John. That, that, that's a good one. Uh, you mentioned, uh, Randy, the non-qualified or the non-injury cases where instead of tax-free, maybe there's tax-deferred money uh, coming from a periodic payment process that a structure might provide. But let's go back to tax-free. Uh, right now, the way the IRS rules read it's physical injury cases, uh, you know, the so-called blood injury cases that are, that are the ones that are tax-free, whereas others that are termed personal injury cases like uh, uh, slander and libel and uh, emotional distress and those kinds of things 
are not necessarily uh, treated that way. How can uh, personal injury cases uh, come into the fore? And, and is NASTA looking to do anything with Congress uh, or the? Yeah, IRS? you know, there's. Uh, it's a question, as you know. Uh, personal injury, that is to say, non-physical injury cases, uh, were a- able to be structured uh, back, back in, ways. Yeah, back in the old days. Uh, that all changed with a Supreme Court decision and then uh, some changes to the law uh, that tightened up the uh, the treatment of physical versus non-physical. But, uh, you know, as we uh, as we travel around uh, uh, in, in political circles, we hear people asking the question, you know, should should we have favorable tax treatment for employment cases for civil rights cases yeah like wrongful imprisonment cases those wrongful kinds imprisonment of uh, you know uh, isn't this isn't this a you know a, a reasonable way to do things so uh, it's certainly on our agenda and it will be on our agenda i don't know uh, whether we're going to have uh, movement on it this year as you know it's an election year and we're not going to see a whole lot of legislation between now and uh, the election but uh, it's something we're going to talk about, and we're going to see where that goes in the future. No question. And I think, obviously, it's a balancing act for Congress, uh, you know, weighing the, the benefit of it all with, of course, the loss of their tax revenue uh, if they do it. So, uh, obviously, all those things are, are spoken well, fortunately, to. Fortunately, Larry, um, as you know, when we went into the expanded structured settlements in the workers' comp area in 1997, mm-hmm. the loss of tax revenue from your standard physical injury was judged by Congress to be de minimis. So, right. uh, and we know that the uh, physical injury is a much larger field than um, the uh, sexual harassment, uh, wrongful termination cases. So it's it's really a de minimis issue in terms of the its effect on the overall deficit. Yeah, in the relative uh, in the relative world of numbers and large numbers, it, it is a very small number. Well, let's take a quick break right now and be back in a minute with my two special guests, Randy Dyer, the current president of NASTA and John Macker, the president-elect. We'll be right back. You can listen to all the Ringler Radio shows. Just go to ringlerassociates.com or legaltalknetwork.com and click on Ringler Radio and choose from almost 200 topics. There's a Ringler Associate in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experience than a Ringler Associate. Check out our new website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for claimants, legal professionals, and claims personnel, and to find the Ringler Associate nearest you. This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates, the leader in the structured settlements profession nationwide. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler Associates works with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. It's the office calling again. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, yeah. I need to do that, too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. That's perfect. The office can wait. Think you might like to have us create your own podcast on LegalTalkNetwork.com? 
Go to the website and send us an email. Or just give us a call at 781-551-9960. It's the best move you'll make in legal marketing. You never have enough friends or followers, right? Check out Legal Talk Network on Facebook and Twitter. LinkedIn, too. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm your host, Larry Cohen, and with me today are my Ringler colleagues and special guests, Randy Dyer and John Macker, president and president-elect of NASTA. Well, uh, gentlemen, tort reform, it's always a hot-button issue. Uh, let's take a minute to talk about tort reform. It can be defined in, in a lot of different ways. How does NASTA define tort reform in, in, in terms of where they want to see it end up? Well, first of all, let me say that uh, you know it's on our agenda because other people have put it on the national agenda. We're, I think we're seeing tort reform legislation at the uh at the state level uh it's possible we will see some tort reform efforts at the federal level uh, next spring uh and and we like to say that uh, the tort reform wars are uh, fortunately or unfortunately fought uh, kind of above our head we we don't take a position on tort reform we're not uh uh for it nor are we against it what we want we want though is to is to make sure that that uh, structured settlements remain a tool that's used by both sides to resolve a case in the best interest of the claimant. And as long as that uh, that can happen, then uh, you know, then we're, uh, we're we're happy. And it's also I want to reiterate. I think I said in the earlier segment, uh, we are not in favor of forcing either side into a structured settlement. It's got to be freely entered into by both parties. I, I agree with that, and I think in the tort reform uh, discussions, structured settlements are essentially a neutral, a neutral tool there, aren't they? I mean, right. it, it seems to me that uh, whether you advocate for tort reform or you think everything is great, st- structured settlements still provide a, a, a terrific opportunity to, to make things work better. Well, let me ask you this question, and uh, I know this is always an interesting question to ask, but uh, what would you say, and I'll get this from both of you, what, what would you say is your number one goal for the future of the industry? I mean, there are so many issues on the agenda. What's, what's the key one for you, uh, Randy? Well, when I, uh, when I was elected to the uh, NSSTA board, and I reiterated it when I was elected president, uh, I think uh, my number one goal is, uh, is the next generation. Uh, you know, when we, uh, when Larry and John, when you, the three of us started in this business, um, we were the young, we were the next generation. We were the young guys. Uh, and, um, we took hold of this industry and we built it into what it is today. Uh, what I want is for the next generation to take it away from us and, and to see their, their, and to make their own future. So we're, we've created an initiative which we call Next Gen. Uh, there's uh, an educational component to it. Uh, there's some involvement, particularly uh, in bringing them to Washington and, and uh, letting them take charge of their uh, their uh, 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 the work on Capitol Hill that we've all been doing. Mm-hmm. And we're very excited about this. We think this is uh, this is exactly the way things ought to be done. And uh, and uh, looking forward to working with those people. All right, John. How about you? Well, we have all had very interesting and I think uh, very nice careers in the structured settlements. Um, but I agree with, with Randy. I mean, our ultimate goal is we take care of injured parties. And I think we've got to pass on whatever we've learned, developed to a new generation that they can carry this on and that it doesn't 
it doesn't kind of peter out with us as we go into our, you know, golden years, as they say. Mm-hmm. I don't think none of us are ready to go there yet. But I think the industry does do, need to do a better job on training our next generation, getting mm-hmm. them up to speed, helping them get the message out with the younger adjuster, the younger plaintiff lawyer. I think that uh, I think Randy and I are in tandem on that. When he uh, passes the gavel to me next year, I don't think you'll see much change in in what our what our mission is. This is really going to be a, a two year project for us. Well, I, I I thank you for that. And uh, to be honest with you, I I've uh, I've seen along the way that uh, a lot of companies are beginning to sense the same issue of of trying to regenerate what they've got and keep it going and. I guess my question to you would be, not just from Ringler's perspective, from the industry's perspective, are you encouraged by what you're seeing with this diversity and youth uh, movement that you're, that you're talking about, or uh, is, it, is it a real challenge? Uh, no, I think, I think we are uh, we're very encouraged by it. Uh, we're, we're, uh, uh, we're holding an education program in the fall out west, and uh, we're going we're gonna to have a special session just for the younger brokers. They're not just an education session. We're going to have them uh, talk about the issues of the industry, talk about their future, talk about where this business can and should be in the next 20 years. Uh, and when, when we can see that kind of leadership coming out of the younger brokers, I think, uh, I think we'll, all, uh, we'll all know uh, that we've succeeded. Um, on our 11-person board of directors at NASTA, we have, now have two second-generation um, producers who are members of the board. So that's a good sign. Well, yes, absolutely. And, you know, that brings me to the uh, to kind of the end of our discussion. And I wanted to ask you, uh, Randy and John, what are some of the interesting events that you see on the horizon for NASTA? Well, uh, we have uh, our education program coming up in the fall in San Francisco. That uh, We have some, uh, uh, some special programs that we're going to be doing for new entries to the business. People interested in that can find out more information at the NSSTA website, www.nssta.com. Well, that's terrific. That's a lot. There's a lot of great information on that website, and uh, I know all of the uh, future meetings are there and the locations and all of that. And John, uh, you contributed to, to the development of that website too, as I understand. What What do you like about that website, and, and for our listeners to be able to get information from that website? Well, what are they, they going to find? Nasty- member or just someone interested in structures, if you, NASTA is the voice of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any questions about um, what a structured settlement is, how it can help you, it's a, it is the one tool that's out there uh, that is neither directed toward plaintiff or defense. It will give you everything you need to know about a structured settlement. And I would urge anybody that's involved in a case uh, that wants some more information, start with NASTA. Well, that's terrific. And uh, just generally, uh, if somebody wanted to reach you, Randy or John, uh, other than the website, is there a way they can get to you, uh, Randy? How would they How would they reach you? Yeah, no the uh, the website has the the names of uh, of of everyone, all the brokers in the country, mm-hmm. all the uh, the members of the association, and 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 anyone can access them. Okay. Uh, phone numbers, uh, emails, uh, feel free, and okay, uh, happy to hear from from anyone uh, interested. And I assume that goes for you too, John. Absolutely. Terrific. Well, uh, I want to thank you both for uh, for joining us today. I think NASA's got an aggressive agenda and obviously an important one. And uh, more importantly, we've got great leadership. And that's, uh, that's important for the industry as we move forward. I want to remind our listeners that if you want to uh, listen to any of the Ringler Radio shows, you go to ringlerassociates.com or legaltalknetwork.com. If you want to reach any Ringler Associate, 
Just like with the NASTA website, you can go to the Ringler Associate website and reach any Ringler Associate that you want to talk to or, or reach or uh, contact. And uh, other than that, I just want to thank uh, you again, Randy and, and John, for joining me. Thank you, Larry. Enjoyed it. Thank you, Larry. And for the rest of you out there, go have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio, celebrating its seventh year on Legal Talk Network with over a million listeners. Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.